Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. Crossing family, it is so good to be hanging out with you. Did you have a good week? Okay, whoa, okay, good. Well, then I have a downer sermon for you. All right, if you're needing, I'm joking, you'll be fine. Uh, I wanna welcome all of you joining from all of our different locations. We're so glad that you're hanging out with us today. I wanna do a special shout out to those of you who are part of our inside family. I wanna welcome you as well. I've got some cool stuff to share about you guys next week, but I wanna do uh, something I've never been able to do before. I'm gonna give a, um, well, let me give you a little backstory. In uh, 2015, uh, we started The Crossing uh, online. And we did it way before there was a pandemic, way before it was in uh, vogue, we did it early. And we took our lumps for it. And uh, there's all kinds of challenges associated with online. I mean, you can be online and you can just be a lazy bum, sitting in your PJs, not going to church, and that, you know, that happens. But uh, we miss out on all the cool things that God does with the crossing online. For instance, uh, when you're traveling, it's a great way for you to stay connected to your church. And don't you want that? Like you wanna be able to stay connected. I mean, I wanna stay connected when I'm traveling. Uh, second thing is when you're sick, you don't have to miss. Like that's important. Uh, you know, like if there was ever gonna be like a big pandemic, like it could be super helpful for people to stay connected uh, while you're navigating COVID and quarantine so that way you're not getting everybody sick, you know, when you show up for church. Um, and then there's this other group of people, uh, the group of people who are gonna hear about our church, don't live close to our church, but they get connected to Jesus. And a lot of people have talked about that, and we've, we, we, we know that things like that happen. But this past week, I heard uh, what can only be described as a rumor. Like I heard something and my ears perked up and I was like, say that again. And they're like, well, I think that there was this girl who started watching online who came and got baptized. I said, I need to find out. So uh, I found out that where the story originated from was in Macomb, which I'm a big fan of the Macomb campus. Macomb, good to see you. And I called Ben Elifritz, the campus pastor, and I said, I need you to like verify what this rumor I'm hearing. And he goes, it's all true. So um, back in June, um, a girl named Tracy reached out to a guy named Andy and was, she was going through stuff. And Andy used to attend our church, but he doesn't attend our church anymore because he moved. But he watches online. And he connected Tracy to the crossing online. And we got to reach out to her this week and she has something that she would like to share with you. Would you guys please watch this video? Hi everyone, my name's Tracy and I am a member of the crossing online. I live about nine hours away from the closest campus. I am actually really far north in Wisconsin. Um, I live on Lake Superior. I was introduced to The Crossing through a friend um, back in July, and that was actually my very first ever church service that I've been to. It was part of the Crazy Faith series, and that first service answered so many of my questions. And I was able to then log in again the next Sunday. And from pretty much that moment, I felt like I had found a home, like I had found a group and a community that I felt comfortable with. After that service, I started watching all the past sermons and then I reached out to some people about actually visiting a campus, which was something I really had to 
plan for because like I said, I'm about nine hours away. Um, we got that scheduled and set up and walking into the campus for the first time ever, um, I, I felt like I'd always been there. Um, I was able to do my baptism at, on the, at the end of August and by far was one of the best experiences of my life. I wish I would have done it sooner. Um, knowing what I know now and experiencing what I have, it has been the best decision I've ever made. So having that online option where I am still able to tune in every Sunday and still be part of the community and the church has been absolutely amazing. I am so thankful that it is an option and that I can still be part of this church even though I am nine hours away. I can't get over it. I can't get over it. Her first church experience was online. Her first time in a church building was at our Macomb campus where she felt like home and it was the day she got baptized. So to all of you who participate in giving at the crossing, you make moments like that happen. And I am profoundly thankful to be able to partner with you. To those of you who are watching online and you are an Andy, you, uh, you watch regularly and you know people who are going through things and struggling, uh, I wanna clear up a couple things for you. Um, when you're watching online, with, like you're watching right now, this is gonna feel like you're in the matrix. Um, we put this in there every single week. You can click, click on this and it actually allows you to do what Andy did and you can share this message with people that you know that are struggling and hurting and I wanna encourage you to do that. Another way for those of you who are like fit the Andy category that are watching online, you can actually go to our YouTube channel every single Sunday night or Monday morning. They load the sermons. You just type in one crossing and you'll know you found the right one because it'll have our logo. And when you click on it, it'll have a nice welcome video by Senior Pastor Jerry Harris right there. And he'll say he likes you and he loves you and he thinks you're beautiful and he's got great things in store for you. And then you can click on videos and it has all of our last sermons. And if you're wanting to connect with those, you're wanting to share those with somebody who's uh, going through something or something hit you in a message and you're like, ooh, I thought of so-and-so. Now, let me be clear to all of you, this is not when we preach on like a certain sin. This is not the sermon that you send out. Hey, when he was talking about, you know, being greedy, I thought of you, ex-wife. That's not the purpose of those sermons, okay? But if you're going, man, I know somebody who's struggling with that or wrestling with that, that was a way for you to share it. So what I wanna do, uh, would all of our locations, would you join in as we pray specifically for our online family? Uh, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for all the people that we don't even know who they are. God, if they're traveling, I ask that you'd keep them safe. If they're sick, I pray that you'd be with the doctors and the nurses, help them to draw upon all their years of medical experience to treat them uh, quickly and safely and as pain-free as possible, that you'd get them back to good health so that way they can be a, a participant in, in, our, in our fellowship. And God, to all of the people that uh, fit the Tracy category, to the people who have never been to a church, to the people that are watching that still don't know how much you love them, God, I pray that you continue to use these messages to bless them and draw them close to you. I pray uh, that there are many more stories just like that. In your name I pray, amen. In seventh grade, in February, I threw my very first party. It was a big deal for me because um, my parents, from kindergarten through sixth grade, I lived in a veterinary clinic. I slept uh, on the floor in a sleeping bag. And so we finally had a house. 
because I wasn't gonna invite my friends over to that, right? We can all agree that that wouldn't be a good place to make friends. And um, we had a house and it was on top of a big hill and I was in uh, school with people and I was also in public school for the first time. I'd been privately educated, now I was in school and I, I wanted friends. And as I walked through the halls of that first semester of school, I kind of zeroed in on the group of people that I wanted to be friends with. And so I wrote cards, invited them all to my birthday party and it snowed. And my hill is not one of those hills that you can drive up when it snows. It's one of those hills that you, uh, if it snows, you're stuck. You're there forever. And I was worried that my friends weren't gonna show up and so I dressed really, really warm. And I walked to the bottom of the hill and I waited in the cold for my friends to show up. It felt like an eternity. And I was super pumped because it was gonna be the coolest party ever. My parents had like a big room on their house that had like one of those outdoor play set areas inside. Um, I had some cool music picked out as a seventh grader. Um, I had Elton John's Candle in the Wind and the Lion King soundtrack. So we were really gonna get down with some cool tunes. I didn't know that all my friends were listening to Green Day. Like that was just, the only music I knew existed was the music my mom played. So I was like, come on guys, we'll be dancing to Lion King. Circle of, and it was gonna be, it was gonna be hopping. It was basically be a rave. And uh, about half of my friends showed up at the party. I remember wondering why some of them didn't attend. I remember questioning like, did they not get the directions? Was it me? Fast forward to my senior year. <clears throat> the movie Fight Club had been out for a little while and I was in one of my classes and I heard a couple of guys in class talking about, um, they were arguing, they didn't like each other. And one of them had the audacity to say to the other one, I could definitely take you in a fight. And I kind of felt compelled in that moment to uh, speak into that. And it just so happened that my parents had informed me at the beginning of the week that they were gonna be gone that Friday night and that I would be in charge. And so I took it upon myself to give these gentlemen uh, a venue to settle the dispute as who would win in a fight. Uh, My parents sit on top of like of an orchard and so there's a bunch of land and there was a a big bonfire area and I was like, we'll just go out by the bonfire, we'll you know throw some logs on and we'll have fight, a fight. As the week progressed, other people realized that they too had uh, issues that they wanted to dispute. And so there became a schedule Uh, for the fight night at my house. Um, And it blossomed rather quickly. By the end of the week, um, it was gonna be a a full ticket. And on Friday, my parents informed me that uh, plans had changed and they were gonna be home. And I said, no worries, Uh, just a heads up. I'm gonna have a couple friends over. We're gonna be hanging out. It's gonna be a little loud. We're gonna be just wrestling out by the bonfire. I finished my basketball game. I went home and I took a shower and I came out of the second floor of my parents' house that has a window that overlooks the whole driveway, then down the hill and then on the gravel road. And when there's no leaves on the trees, you can see for a quarter of a mile. And it was nothing but headlights. By the time I had gotten dressed and gone outside, it was a scene from what I can only describe a movie. It was Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. (laughs) My mom and dad are two of the most precious followers of Jesus Christ you can find. They don't drink, 
They don't smoke, they don't cuss. My dad reads his Bible every morning, carries it with him in his car. These are wholesome people. And they're sitting inside, God bless them, going, more people showed up than you were planning on, huh? I'm like, yeah, it looks like it, you know. <laughs> we're not in seventh grade anymore. <laughs> I, I go outside and people are scheduling additional fights. People are engaging in all kinds of shenanigans. People are unloading cases upon case of alcohol. And it begins. Eventually I see these two silhouettes that I know are my parents walking out to the bonfire. And the people who don't know me well, because there's a lot of people there that I'd never met, um, they all dispersed into the trees. The people who do know my parents like, hey, Mr. Hensel, hey, Miss Deborah, how are you? I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, more people showed up. It's gonna be a little loud. We're gonna wrestle for a long time. The night ended, uh, it was a complete catastrophe. It was full on brawls. There were vehicles that got uh, permanently damaged. I spent the next uh, several days picking up all of the cans. This was back, I don't know if you can still do this, redeem, people recycled back then. Hopefully that didn't offend you because I don't know how to do that anymore. Um, and I picked up all the cans and it took forever. Uh, that was the last party I ever had, okay? I'm like, I think, I think Jesus told me I'm done. One party had very specific invites and some people chose not to attend. The other party, almost nobody was invited and everybody attended. One was very orderly and celebratory. The other one was wild and profoundly dehumanizing. Do you ever wonder what it would be like when Jesus throws a party? It's Jesus' last week on earth He's entered into Jerusalem and he's making his final appeals to people about the emptiness of the religious system and the emptiness that life has to offer and the beauty of God's eternal kingdom. And oftentimes to do this, Jesus would tell a story, a made up story. And the biblical word we use for them are parables. And it was a captivating way for him to draw people into the message. It was also a creative way to get people to feel the emotions of spiritual truths. So what happens when God throws a party? Well, Jesus tells us exactly what it's like using a parable. Matthew chapter 22. Give it a second. We'll watch last week's sermon, okay? It's only got 70 views. Apparently that one was a, a bummer. Okay, so Jesus, Jesus, that hurts. Now I'm sad. I'm gonna go ahead and talk to Wes. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, I shouldn't have said that. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet. I'm the guy that once you get off the rails, it might just be a train wreck. Uh, the king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who'd been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more, more, some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field and the other to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, 
and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked him, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Now, some of you, this is already hitting you a little funny. Some of you are already starting to ask yourself some questions because there's something about this story that seems, if you are gonna be honest, a little off. That's part of what makes Jesus such a great teacher is the story draws you in and it gets you asking all kinds of questions. So let's walk through this story again and let's see if some of the, answer, or some of the questions you have might be answered as they're rushing through your mind. Let's start at the very beginning. Whose party is it? Look what it says. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet, a party for his son. So whose party is it? It's the king's party. It's his party. And he's throwing it in honor of his son. Now, who in this story would be the king? God, it's the total Sunday school answers. You're all safe here. And who do you think is his son? Jesus. And what does the party sound like? Well, it sounds to me like the party is the kingdom of heaven or heaven itself. Listen, if it's the king's party, he can invite who he wants. Oh, when you throw a party, you get to choose who comes. How comes God doesn't get the exact same option? When he throws a party, he should choose who gets to come. And before you get frustrated at God here, look at yourself for a little bit. We've all had gatherings at our house. We've thrown parties for other people. We've had parties thrown in our honor and a guest list was made. When I got married in Macomb, I was so paranoid about leaving anybody from the church out. I had over 350 people at my, what's the, what's the meal you have? The rehearsal dinner. I had over 300 people at the rehearsal dinner. I just invited everybody. I was like, I don't want anybody to get left out because I don't want them to be like, well, I mean, I go to the church, but Clayton, obviously, and I was like, just invite them all. I've gotta be one of the only people who like, I think my rehearsal dinner was more expensive than the wedding, which had like 600 and some people because I didn't wanna. But when it's your party, now when my daughter got married, we're like, how many, five or six people? How many people? <laughs> Seven? Yeah, I don't have to come and I'll, I'll eat cereal, okay? <laughs> when my parents were footing the bill, I was like, I think we can have a bigger party. When I was footing the bill, I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, does the groom have to be there? <laughs> and do you wanna get married at all? Okay, so it's the king's party. He gets to invite whoever he wants, and you invite people, don't you? Now, some of you may be jumping to some theological conclusions here, wanting to arrive at some things about God. However, before you do that, let's just stop. It's God's party, and if it's God's party, he can invite whoever he wants. Matthew chapter 22, let's keep going. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened calf have been butchered and everything is ready. Come 
to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field and another to his business. Some of the people invited chose not to attend. Now, a traditional Jewish wedding would have included two invitations. One, that there will be a wedding banquet and that they are invited. And two, that it's ready. I want you to see God's heart in this story. The first two invitations are implied in the story. They've already received the first one. They've already received the second invitation. And something uncommon happens. A third invitation goes out. He sends out his servants again to tell them not just that the party is ready, but how good the party is gonna be. You're starting to draw some parallels. All throughout scripture, God reveals through Jesus and the apostles snippets of heaven. We're told how beautiful, how peaceful, how majestic it's gonna be. We're not told everything. When God throws a party, he just tells you what the meat is. He doesn't tell you about the vegetables. He just says, look, there's gonna be plenty of good food. But we're told enough, parents, you get this. When your kids go off to college, you call them up and be like, if you come home, I'll make you your favorite meal. And I'm sure your dad will slip you a little extra money so that way it'll help you nav. You don't have to just eat macaroni at school. We get our kids to come home by going, if you come down, we made a deal with Kennedy when she got married. Anytime you come down, we will eat a really good meal. Sometimes my kids are like, can she come home so we can stop eating what you've been making? Because you put the spread on. But some of the people, they were preoccupied with their own agendas. Some of the people didn't wanna pay attention, didn't care. Now it's important for us to realize the weight of their actions. This is not just anyone inviting them, this is the king. This is not just the king, this is their king. Imagine the consequences of you ignoring your boss or CEO, blowing them off for your own desires. That's why Christmas parties are so well attended, right? Because you want a chance to connect with the boss, the guy in charge. Come July, when finances get tight around the office, you want him to remember how likable you were at the Christmas party and how fun you were singing all those journey songs on karaoke. You're like, oh man, that Bill guy, he's a keeper. That's why, ladies, you've been in this situation, your husband comes home and goes, hey, the boss invited us over, we're going over to their house tonight, and then you're frantically getting ready and trying to buy stuff at the store so you can show up with your, whatever it is, your cheese and wine to go, hey, thanks for having us over, even though your wife didn't wanna go. You go because the boss invited you. That's why bosses have such a hard time finding friends, because all the people that they know, they work for, and of course they'll show up because you pay them. And here's the king, sending out an order, and isn't it interesting that they go, no. They're too busy and too distracted with their own lives. They don't have time for God. Crazy. They are rejecting God because their lives are too busy, even though it is God who sustains their life and gave them life. They're too busy to pray to God, connect with God through his word, too busy to gather together to encourage one another and glorify God, too busy to participate and serve in the mission. They're just too busy. The king invites them to a party and they're just can't fit it in. Others, they weren't busy. It wasn't a business issue. It wasn't they had stuff to do on their fields. Uh, these people were violent. They responded violently to God. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 22, verse six. The rest, these are the other people, seized his servants mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. 
He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. These people had an adverse reaction to the invitation. They were so upset about being invited to the party that they killed the messengers. Remember, this is a story, a made up story. However, it has some historical overtones. If you've spent any time in the Old Testament, you remember all the prophets that were messengers of God that were punished, tortured, and murdered. And while we're tempted to think that this is something that doesn't happen anymore, I'm here to tell you the truth is it happens every single day. We're actually gonna be talking about this a little bit later this year, but look at this. Over 340 million Christians are living in places where they experience high levels of persecution and discrimination. I mean, we are a part, there are over a billion Christians in the world. People who believe, you're not crazy. You're not like the one person who has this belief in God. Lots of people believe in Jesus, just like you and I do. But 340 million of them? This is the entire population of the United States. Live in places where it's hostile to be a Christian. How about this one? 4,761 Christians were killed last year because of their faith. It's not chump change. Those were fathers, mothers, daughters, sons, preachers. Or how about this one? 4,488 churches and other Christian buildings were attacked. Or how about this one? 4,277 believers were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, or imprisoned. Forbes recently reported that one in eight Christians worldwide live in a place where they must face persecution for their faith. And I wanna be clear here, these are not people who are getting unfriended on Facebook or having to work extra hours or having to get en- trying to get enough hours at their job. These are people facing real persecution. And I know that at times during this pandemic, there's been this idea that like the, the American church is being persecuted and we're being snuffed out and all these horrible things are happening to us. I just, I, out of respect for people that actually face persecution, that's not what we're facing. Like not even close. And to call whether or not churches can be open or not during the pandemic persecution does a disservice to people that are actually giving their lives for their faith. Now, some of you might be going, well, we need to make sure we protect it here. I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. However, interestingly enough, if you follow church history, that the gospel expands the fastest, the more it's persecuted. So if there's this heart for you to see more people find Jesus, the crazy thing is, the more hostile people come to the gospel, the more irresistible it becomes. Some of the people uh, who were invited chose to attend. So some chose not to attend, but others chose to attend. Look what it says in verse eight. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad, this is last week's sermon, as well as the good, not you. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. God is making the party available to everyone. No matter who you are, you can come. If you remember my sermon from last week, We talked about this, that God is for everyone. He brings in the good people as well as the bad people. And there are people at this party that if you were honest, you would not have invited. And there are people at this party that would not have invited you. It's crazy. All the people I can't stand have friends. I cannot wrap my mind around that. They are horrible, rotten, despicable people. I can't stand them. And they have no shortage of people hanging out at their house. 
I wouldn't have invited them, but they wouldn't have invited me. But I wasn't the one who was supposed to choose the guest list. And I wasn't the one who threw the party. Uh, They got in because I wasn't in charge of the invites and praise God for that. You got in because I wasn't in charge of the guest list and praise God for that because the king is the one who invited me in. If you have a problem with me being here, talk to the one who threw the party. And as a church, if you have a problem with some of the people that God is bringing in, oh, don't take it up with me. It's not my party. And it's not yours either. It's his. And it's his his party. He can invite whoever he wants. That is what is so beautiful that happens in this story is you get a picture of the church that what unites us as a body of believers is that God invited us and we simply said yes. We're not here because we all look the same. We're not here because we all have the same background. We're not here because we have the same family issues. We're not here because of that. We're all here, regardless of where you're at, whether you're white or black, rich or poor, Republican or Democrat. The thing that unites us is that God invited us and we said, yeah, I'll come. But when you come to the party, you better dress right. You ever tried to walk out of the house and your wife says, you ain't wearing that? I got a new pair of shoes today. And my wife goes, though, where, where are you wearing those? And I go, just to work out. She goes, okay, because I go, I can't wear them tonight. She goes, hard pass, like not happening. If you're gonna show up at the king's party, you better dress right. Oh, look what happens in Matthew chapter 22, verses 11 through 14. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man who was there who was not wearing wedding clothes. And he asked, how did you get in here? Without the clothes, friend. The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What's this sound like to you? Sounds like hell. For many are invited, but few are chosen. What's not in the story is that uh, when a king would throw a wedding banquet, the king would provide wedding attire for all the guests. This man had not been originally invited, but eventually got invited, and he shows up at the party, and he was given wedding robes to wear by the king's servants and he chose not to clothe himself for the wedding, to not celebrate what was happening in honor. The man is not cast out because he was unworthy. Everybody at the party did not deserve to be there. The man was thrown out because he wasn't dressed properly. Well, how do you dress properly at God's party? Oh, this is where it gets so good. When you come into an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ, You are clothed in Christ. Check this out. Way back when in the Old Testament, this is what it says in Isaiah 61. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. Why is he so excited? For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. And he has arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. If you're going, Clayton, get out of the OT. I don't want to hang out there anymore. Fine, I'll take you, I'll take you to the New Testament. Galatians chapter three. So in Christ Jesus, you all are children of God through faith. For all of you who were 
baptized into Christ, just like Tracy was, have clothed yourself with Christ. All of the rotten, dirty, nasty, despicable stains that you and I have on each other. And we get invited to the party. We can't get in. We can't come into his party because we look and smell like sin. But at the door, he goes, if you wanna come in, I've got something for you. Do you wanna take off your old self and do you wanna put on a new self? Do you wanna be made new? Do you wanna clothe yourself in Christ? You and I show up at a party that we did not deserve to attend. We show up unworthy to enter not dressed for the occasion. Not only are we invited to the party, but the king provides the attire for the party. How did you and I get clothed in Christ? Well, Jesus went on the cross and picked up the tab. That's how. That you and I, we clothe ourselves in Christ, that you've heard us say this over and over and over again. I pray one day it gets all the way into your hearts that when God looks at you, he doesn't see your sin, he sees his son. You have been wrapped in Christ. Now, some of you at the very end of this message, you're going, there's a word in there, Clayton, I don't necessarily like. You saw the word uh, chosen. Another word that you sometimes hear when you're reading the Bible is words like elect. The best way to understand when you read any time in your Bible, chosen or elect, is to understand that God is using those words to set up boundaries. That he is choosing to elect those who are in the boundaries and save them. Let me give you practical application. Um, Tonight, I am going to feed the chosen and the elect. They will be the people that are inside my vehicle when I leave here. If there's nobody in my car, they will not be fed. My kids know this. They'll be in my car. Parents, it's like you saying, we are gonna pay for college for the chosen and the elect. The chosen and the elect are the people who entered our family through my wife's womb. I'm not paying for every kid's college, I'm paying for these kids' college. It's like you saying, you're invited to my party and I choose and elect that everybody at my party will have a wonderful time. But the only way to get to my party is to show up at this address. You can show up at the TJ Maxx parking lot. There's no party there. But the people who show up at my address, God is saying that those who wrap themselves in Christ, clothe themselves in Christ, adorn them with robes of righteousness that they didn't purchase on their own or achieve on their own, but would take what was freely given to them. Those people can enter into a party that they never deserved to be a part of. Question. If you were to look at this story again, who are you? Now let's solve a couple things. It's not your party, you're not the king, okay? The party's not in your honor, you're not Jesus. But you got an invite. Oh, you got an invite. And maybe not you, but maybe somebody you know, they're just too busy. Maybe not you or somebody you know, they're a little hostile to it. Maybe you or maybe somebody you know, they've never wrapped themselves in Christ. 
They still keep showing up and being around the church, but never actually allowing God to make them new through his son, Jesus. But you could. You could do that if you wanted to. You could wrap yourselves in Christ today. I want you to think about that as we move to this time of decision. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.